Welcome back to the DC3 cast. As always, I am joined by Vince and Zach. I am Brian. We are a proud member of the Multiversity Podcast Network. Go to multiversitycomics.com for all your comics news, reviews, commentary, and more. But tonight's a special night. We have with us one of the shining stars at DC, I'll call him. Uh, a guy that has been writing comics for every publisher you could probably name. He is super talented. He is the writer of The Flash. He's my buddy, Josh Williamson. Hi, Josh. Thank you for the compliments, even though it's all garbage. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that's not the case. Um, So, Josh, we were talking before we we started to record, and you were saying how The Flash was what you really wanted to do at DC again. That either The Flash is a character that you love and that you were super focused on. And so take us through that initial... Design, you know, there are lots of characters I'm sure you love, but you wanted to write The Flash. What is it about Barry Allen, about the, the Speedsters? What is it about that line of characters that you really felt drawn to write? Well, I mean, when I started reading The Flash, and I'm, we're all the same age, so we all started probably reading. If you were reading The Flash, we were all reading Wally. You yep. know, um, I mean, when I was a kid, like I loved Wally and I loved loved Bart. You know, I was a big I was a big impulse kid. Like I, I wish I had impulses hair really bad when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, I have a picture and my hair is like super long and it's cause I was trying to pull it off. I just couldn't get the volume right. You know, Bart always had that big volume of hair. Um, I, when I got older, it's interesting. I feel like Wally was about a, a, a person in his twenties, right? Like so much of Mark Wade's run is about a guy in his twenties. And sort of this idea of, of the relationships as you get older. Barry to us, and I've talked about this a lot in, in podcast interviews, but Barry to us was always the martyr, right? Like he was always the the Flash who died. Um, so for a minute there, it was kind of hard for me to relate to, to Barry. Um, you know, I've always, like the Flash book itself, like I always really, really liked it, right? Like I started reading it right before Return of Barry Allen and it was just kind of hooked onto it, you know? Like, that whole storyline of Return of Barry Allen, like, I just really liked. It's like the Flash and the Speedsters, and I think the idea of being able to run around and do uh, a lot of stuff at once is very appealing. But as I got older, um, and I think it was even once Barry came back and Jeff was doing Rebirth, uh, I started finding myself relating more and more to Barry Allen. Um, I mean, Barry Allen definitely could be a little bit of a square, and he can be a little old school, but I think he generally believes and wants to do too much. Like he's always trying to do too much to the point where it it's causes him to suffer. Right? It's actually a Spider-Man uh, thing. I think that Tom Brevoort said one time where he said Spider-Man wins, Peter Parker loses. Like that's the fundamental rule of Spider-Man. It's like every time you know Spider-Man saves the world, he misses a date or whatever. Right? Like, and I feel like that's a lot of what Barry Allen is like too. And I feel like. I started looking back at things, and this is going to sound really maybe silly and kind of meta, but, like, I was so obsessed with writing comics that I feel like how Barry Allen is with being uh, a superhero and how sometimes it causes him to ignore parts of his life where he misses things because he just wants to do everything and he wants to do so much. I really related to that. I really related to Barry's like commitment to this to, to being a superhero um and i think out of all the the 
all the DC characters, out of the Justice League, I should say, I think that Barry, as much as he is tortured, he likes being a superhero more than the rest. Like, he actually likes it. You know, he he enjoys running around being a superhero. He enjoys going out and having fun and sort of the science of it all, right? Like, he likes the science of the Speed Force, and he kind of sees it as a challenge. Um, you know, once Jeff came in and did a lot of the Rebirth stuff, where he kind of gave Barry the, the, the tragic background, it changed a little bit about him, but I still feel like he was always looking for, you know, truth and justice, but trying to have fun with it, trying to have, uh, to smile while he was saving lives and saving the day. So a lot of that stuff always really just kind of related to me. Like, I just really sort of felt a lot in common with Barry. And I mean, that's one thing with like, the last year of my life. Last year of my life, I have uh, gotten married, bought a house, had a baby, and launched the Flash. Like, all this, you know, <laughs> all in the last year. And actually, a lot of this stuff happened really quick. Because, uh, like, buying the house, having the baby, and the Flash coming out all happened within like a six week a six week time period wow maybe even less than that maybe maybe five or four like maybe a month um and so it was this thing where as i was happening i was just like man like i was doing a lot and i just felt those moments where i just really felt like i connected to barry in in that and so last year we talked about a little before we started talking about last year you know snyder came to me and he was like hey man you should come back to this is scott snyder she came back and he's like you should come back to dc at some point and i was like i don't know I don't know. I mean, I love, I love DC Comics, man. Like, I I love them. If you guys saw my office, it's insane. Like, there's so much DC Comics stuff around. I have a Batman tattoo, for God's sakes, right? <laughs> like, so for me, but it's like, I, I love that company. I wasn't sure if it was what I, I wanted to do. Um, But, stupid Scott, you know, <laughs> once he said that to me, and I remember it was a C2E2 last year, and so... I remember he, he said it and then he walked away and I just started thinking about, I immediately was thinking about the flash, like immediately. And like there's other DC characters I love, you know, like I really love green arrow. That's a character I'd like to write at some point and obviously Batman, but, uh, the flash, I just, I was, obs- I was obsessed after that. And I really had a couple of different ideas I wanted to do. And I had these, these, these stories I'd kind of always thought about with the flash and just like I concepts with him and things that I thought would be cool to do with his powers and, and with his mythology as a character over the last, um, 60 years. Uh, and so, yeah, I just really started obsessing with it and it kind of was driving me crazy. Cause I was like, Oh, this is never going to happen. It was annoying because I would be like driving. And so when I'm, when I'm writing, uh, throughout my week, I try to write a script a week. And so by Wednesday, I'll drive to the comic book store. I drive to the comic book store at night uh, before they close. And I get out there and I grab my comics. I come back. Well, it kind of gives my brain like a, a, a midweek break, but also kind of like a restart. Um, and I usually think about a lot of stuff with whatever script I'm working on that week. Well, last year when I was just, I hadn't even started talking to DC yet. I would go on these drives and I'd be thinking about, like, I'm supposed to be thinking about other things, right? Like other books. Like I'm supposed to be thinking about at the time Illuminati, or I was supposed to be thinking about Nailbiter or Birthright. And the whole drive, I would just be thinking about the flash. It was pissing me off. Cause I was <laughs> like, Oh my God, like I'm not working on this book. And yet I keep having ideas for it. And I keep having thoughts about it. It was making me mad. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, I went down to LA and I just kind of went to the offices and talked with them and was able to sort of, start touching the idea of me writing the flash and my thing was it i didn't want to like 
take a job away from anybody. Like, that was really important to me. I was like, I don't want anybody losing jobs, and I don't want to have any, like, weird situations, and I'm not trying to, like, poach it. I just let you guys know that if I ever came back to do DC stuff, I only want to do The Flash. Like, that's the one I want to do. That's the book. That's the character I was feeling, um, you know, the word passionate. But, like, again, I was obsessed with with it. Um, and then it worked out. Like, here we are. You know, there's, I mean, even when the book was coming out, I couldn't believe it. And even, uh, you know, when I went and met with Jeff last year and I sat with him and we talked about the book, I remember thinking I was going to be pitching it and they're like, Oh no, no, you already have the job. Let's, let's get to work. And I was like, what? And then, uh, when I went to WonderCon and we were going to be announcing the books, which at that time I hadn't told anybody, like I made sure I didn't tell a single soul what I was working on for months. Um, cause I didn't want to get leaked. I didn't want to get out. And, you know, we were able to keep it a secret all the way up until the, the day. Like, it was never leaked or anything. Like, when it got announced, that's when people found out. Um, and uh, even then, I remember walking in early, like, the day before, and they were going through the slideshow. And I saw my name up there next to the Flash. Even then, I was like, oh, this isn't going to happen. <laughs> there's no there's no way. There's no way I'm going to be writing this book. Um, yeah. So um, you were you were talking about how you kind of felt like Barry Allen um, yeah, trying to juggle all these things. Um, now that you're writing the Flash, uh, there's an awful lot of elements to juggle, especially now that they're focusing on legacy again and mm-hmm. bringing Wally back in, and now you've got two Wallies and uh, all these other Flashes popping up. So so how do you hand? I mean, you already talked about handling your life sort of like that how do you handle all this stuff that that you're you're doing within the book itself how, how do you keep track of all that extensive outlining <laughs> um, and you know some things it, it's interesting because i am further ahead on the book that i'm able to look back at the first arc and there's certain little things that i think got left behind a little bit that i wanted to do in the book but you know i'm not off the book yet so those things just become opportunities for other stories down the line. They become opportunities to explore and revisit. Um, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, cause you, there are so many characters, right? Um, you know, cause especially in our, we have, we have, you know, like you said, Barry and Wally, uh, the old Wally is going to be in Titans. He's only going to be in flash a little bit. I can't really like go deep, too deep into it right now. Um, he's only going to be in the flash a little bit. So, Thankfully, I haven't had to juggle him or his story too much. Like that'll mostly be in that'll be in the Titans book. Um, but with New Wally and Iris, like they they're very much like a slow burn with their story and this thing they were trying to build to. I mean, it's not a secret, you know. It's like it's funny because I felt like it was gonna be a secret that we were gonna have Wally become Kid Flash, and then. He was on, you know, they were like, oh, he's going to be on Teen Titans, and they're going to announce that. I'm like, well, I guess everyone's going to know that now. Um, and so it's sort of the slow burn with them, which has been very helpful because I don't have to uh, – it allows me to kind of, like, keep all my ducks in a row, right? Like, I can sit here and go, okay, well, here's here is Wally and Chris's arc over here. Here is Barry's arc and what he is going through. And then we have all these other characters. Um, and then just sort of seeding things through – a lot of outlining, a lot of charts, a lot of whiteboard work where I'm just like writing down character, just like mapping out, okay, well, this person's here, this person's here, this person's here. Um, 
sometimes it gets a little in your head and you're just like, oh man, I don't want to forget anything. Like, I don't want to forget something. But so far we've been all right. And I think I, here's the thing that's been really helpful is just like with the other books, like with Nailbiter and Birthright, I write and plan things out so far in advance that even before I think issue one was being, was finished being drawn, issue one might've been finished being drawn, but issue two wasn't done yet. I already had the first eight issues written. And so I was able to take the first eight issues scripts and just like, you know, set them next to each other and go, all right, does this make sense? Like, do these characters go from here to here? Can I foreshadow this? Can I like, oh, I can go back to issue two and I can add a line that foreshadows six and, oh, I can go back to issue one, have a line that foreshadows issue seven. Like I can go back through and do that. So extensive planning and writing ahead has been really helpful. If I was doing this, if I wasn't writing ahead, I was just kind of like, I don't know, just burning through it, I guess it would, would be a nightmare. <laughs> Especially this many characters. Uh, I, I had put it out on Twitter and I had spoken to some of the multiversity staff that we were doing this interview tonight and a bunch of questions came in about the flash family and the idea about, um, just, you know, Barry being a solitary character for the last few years of, mm -hmm. of his existence, but a character that is so rooted in, in family. So how many, are we going to see more of this sort of classic Flash family show up? Or are we just going to keep with this sort of, you know, Barry, Iris, new Wally centric focus for a little while? Uh... I'm not sure if I gave an answer for that. <laughs> <laughs> I asked you beforehand. We couldn't talk about I'm trying. it. No, no, that's fine. I'm trying, man. I'm, I'm trying. Just, to get I'm just kidding. There. I'm just kidding. You know, I think there was a moment. I don't think I know. There was a moment where Max was going to be in the first arc. And then it, there just wasn't room. Speaking of having a lot of characters and losing things. <laughs> uh, originally, Max was going to be in the first arc. And then we had to move him because it... it the thing about the Flash family is, is that I want to make sure, just like with Rebirth, right? Like, if you look at the actual Rebirth issue that Jeff did, he is able to take time and really hit the emotional beats of, you know, old Wally, the original Wally coming back, to where it actually feels like it means something. And it is, it's, you know, it's our Wally, right? Like, it's the original Wally that we, you know, know and love. It's not some, like, uh, you know, you look at sometimes during the New 52, they would introduce a character that we knew and it wasn't them, you know, it wasn't their origin. Um, and so I didn't want to do that with this. I wanted to make sure that if I ever got to introduce Max Mercury, it wasn't going to be like some new character with Max's name, that it was Max Mercury, right? And so um, I didn't want to shove things in there. Like even Gorilla Grodd was going to be in the first arc at one point. Like, he's in an early line, and it was just this thing of, like, you know, if I do a really broad story, I don't want it to be, like, a cameo. I don't want it to be, like, five-page gag, and you're just like, well, Grodd was here for a second. Like, I want to make sure that we are able to really tell a good story with those characters, and that's the same thing with Max, and the same thing with, you know, all of the Flash family. Um, I'm going to get them all in there, man. I'm, I'm going to figure it out. It's funny. As soon as I, I just want to be like, I want to post that. There's that Phil Jimenez drawing of like the Flash family. It's that like the two page spread he did where it's like everyone from a little bit of Jeff's, but mostly Mark's run on the book. Mm -hmm. um, and I really want to, like, there are times I want to post on Twitter just like life goals and put that image up. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I am trying. It's tough sometimes to, to do a lot of it. Um, 
because one thing is I don't want to do too much of that. Like, I don't want to do too much of just, like, and here's this character you love back. It's kind of like wrestling. Like, you can't just constantly have run-ins. You can't just constantly bring people back. Um, you got to make sure it feels special and is organic and makes sense into the story. Um, but I'm trying, man. Trust me. <laughs> Every meeting I have, I bring stuff up. So it's it's definitely on my mind, and they know it's on my mind. So the Flash family is important to me. The family will change a little bit, and there's going to be some new members to the Flash family. But uh, you know, we're 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 gonna get there. That's you know, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm trying. Well, like you, you know, talking about the Flash family, um, like extending from that, a big thing, or you know, with the Flash is the Rogues, um, mm-hmm. who you know are always a staple, especially like under you know we've talked a little bit about like Mark Wade's runs, mm-hmm. run and 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 Jeff's runs, um, but it seems like you're kind of getting away from them for a little while, creating new villains and characters. Was that purposeful? Um, to try and get away from the rogues? Yeah, I definitely wanted to kind of take a step back from the rogues for a little bit, but they'll be back way sooner than people think. Remember, this is a double shipping book. Right. <laughs> You're gonna, we're gonna get back to the rogues way sooner than I, th- I think people won't be like surprised or anything, but you know, I love the rogues. Like years ago, I constantly tried to pitch them on letting me write a rogues comic. Um, this is back, you know, pre New 52. I was like, I want to write the rogues. I want to write the rogues. Let's do a rogues book. Like a rogues book would be cool. And I think that at one point Jackie wanted to do just a rogues book because you can tell how much that guy loves those characters. Oh yeah, uh, and how yeah. much effort he put he put into them. Uh, it was always in, like intended to kind of take a step back on them, and they were so much a part of the end of the New Fifty Two run. I mean, that whole arc is them. It's them working with the police to to, to catch the Flash and to deal with the Riddler. Um that I kind of wanted to take a step back from them um, and then make sure we, we bring them back. That it's just sort of a reminder of how badass they are, you know, that they're not the Flash's sidekicks. They are the rogues, you know, they are these amazing badass criminals. Um, but to do that, I kind of felt like I needed to put them on the shelf for just a moment. Just, just a moment. You'll be surprised how quick they'll come back. <laughs> I love them. No, I was pitching. I was uh, doing like, you know, normally when I pitch things, I don't even. I used to really like pitching. Now I'm a little bit like leery about verbally pitching things. But I was at dinner with uh, one of my editors, and I was just like literally telling him page by page, uh, you know, parts of the beginning of the Rogue story, and everyone was super dope. I don't know. I was. I'm really excited about the Rogue story we're gonna be doing. I think it's gonna be a little. Uh, Actually, it's a little different. I want to say it's different, but it's just one of those things that, like, as I was working on it, I was like, how come nobody else has done this before? Like, this is, it feels like very much a uh, a cool rogue story that hasn't been done, um, but totally fits in with their their mythology, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I'm really excited about it. I don't know, I'm, 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 yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there pretty quick. One of the things I think that's interesting about your particular rebirth assignment is that the Flash rebirth number one, a lot of people were calling like DC Universe rebirth number two. You know, you, you pick up a lot of the threads that were introduced there. And in yeah. addition to that, this is probably the time in the last 20, 25 years 
where the most eyes have been on the Flash as a character. So in some ways, you're dealing with expectations from the TV show bleeding into the book a little bit. Even if you're not writing it that way, there are people who are going to pick up the book because they've seen it on TV. So how do you deal with those two different conflicting forces plus the story you want to tell? You know, you're continuing this big universe-changing event. You're dealing with the expectations of this live-action adaptation, and you're trying to tell your own story. How do you kind of synthesize those things together into a coherent book that doesn't feel schizophrenic either for you or for the reader? I mean, the TV show thing, uh, it's funny, when, when I when I saw people were calling it issue, like Rebirth, DCU Rebirth 2, mm-hmm. I was glad they were calling it that and they weren't calling it an epilogue because I, there were times after I wrote it that I felt like it was a little bit like an epilogue. And I didn't want to be an epilogue. I wanted it to kind of stand alone. Um, that's why the first half of it sort of stands alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, then you, it starts to like collide with DCU Rebirth. Uh, the TV show thing is funny because like, I love that show, right? Oh, it's and best. I think that show, it is amazing. And I feel like that show, how do I explain this? All right. It's like the chicken and the egg. Okay. So it's, uh, the TV show, I feel like is one of the best adaptations of the comics ever. And, or of any comic series. I feel like you, you watch that show, and yes, it's different, and there's changes, but you're watching that show, and you're just like, man, this is an awesome Flash show. Like, the Flash is the Flash. And he's, he's, he's kind of Wally, though. He is a weird amalgam of the two of them. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, so as I'm, you know, I was watching it, uh, and then I got the job, I was a little worried about it. And I remember I had this meeting with them pretty early on and there was an idea I had about a character. I don't want to get too into it because it'll ruin stuff later, but I had an idea for a character and Jeff was like, that's too much like the show. You can't do that. So really early on, it was there was no directive of make this like the show. Um, however, it's like, is the comic like the show or is the show so much like the comic that you can't even do them without each other now? Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. as I was writing it, and it, it was funny because I would see some people comment like, "Oh, I can hear, I can hear Grant's voice," and I just be like, "To me, I'm like, that's Barry's voice." Like, I don't know. I, I was, I man, I read so many Flash comics over the last year that uh, that's where the voice came from me into the comic was from the comics. Um, I guess the directive of all those things, putting it together. I don't know. It's like a puzzle, man. It's just a puzzle, and you just make it work. You know, like, and I thankfully I think some of the pieces fall, fall into place. Um, with all the attention, is definitely weird. Um, what's funny is like I, you know, I love the Flash, and so people will uh, come at me and they'll ask questions like, "Do you know who Max Mercury is? You should use Max Mercury." And I'd be like, "Please, <laughs> like, <laughs> of course I know Max Mercury is." Uh, with the amount of attention, I think that was kind of surprising uh especially when the announcement happened i feel like there was a couple weird things that happened after it was announced i was doing the book um with the amount of eyes i don't know man i feel like i live in a bubble sometimes like i don't even think about that you know it's just i just want to make a cool flash comic that i'm happy with that i'm having fun writing and and that's my goal i don't try to get too lost in the idea of how many people are reading it versus say you know, because Nailbiter and Birthright sell well, but they're not selling as well as The Flash, and they're obviously not having many eyes on it. Um, 
I don't really de- worry about that pressure too much. Because at the end of the day, like, I guess we're at the flash. Like, that's, I don't know, it's nothing to complain about, you know? It's it's this this great job. Does that answer your question? I know I'm rambling. Sure. I mean, I don't I don't worry about this stuff too much. It's just trying to find ways of doing this kind of just a, a flash comic that I want to do. I think the hardest thing with this was making sure it was a flash comic that felt like me. That was probably the biggest challenge um, because I'm such a big fan of what has come before that sometimes my instinct is to just write what came before again, you know. To just write something that feels like it would fall in line with everything else that's happened, like Mark and, and everything that Jeff has done. I want to try to find ways to make it make it mine. Um, let me tell you, when I wrote that Rebirth issue, uh, we had talked about what it was going to be about. And I remember I was sitting with Jeff and Jeff was like, here's what I want you to do. We were kind of going over it all. and And I was like, okay, I got some, you know... This is what I'm thinking about doing. And he was like, well, you know, because that, by that point I knew it was going on DCU Rebirth. And so it's just like, you know, we had this like big conversation about it. When I got home, I just wrote it. Like I just wrote it and I was supposed to wait for some stuff for them, but I just felt it, right? Like I felt what I wanted to do. Um, and so I wrote it. And then I remember my editor called and he was like, oh, let me give you the deadline for it. And let's talk about when you should turn it in. And I was like, hey, I already finished it. Um, <laughs> here. Let's see what happens. Let's 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 see. It was one of those moments where uh, I'm actually really not proud, I guess proud and happy with this, where you know your editor is just like, all right, cool, you gotta turn it in and here's some thoughts on it, and you're just like, I already finished writing it. Uh, I hope you like it here, you know, a little bow on it. Um, and then I remember Jeff called me, and in my head I was just like, oh man, I hope you liked it, you know. Because at that point, I'm, I'm messing with Jeff's stuff at that point, right? Like, that is Jeff's story. Like, DC Re- Rebirth is Jeff's story. And I am I am now mixing into that. Uh, and he called me, and he was really happy with it. He, was re- he really liked it. Um, we made a couple little changes here and there throughout, you know, like, you know, normal changes you make and notes, notes you make. But uh, I was really happy. I was glad. And that was the thing. Like, I got to write it kind of how I wanted to write it. That whole opening sequence is a very like almost horror kind of opening you know it's a little darker it's not as bright as the flash but the reason why i did that was i wanted to show where barry was before wally came back that that his world had gotten a little bit darker um so that wally comes back everything kind of lightens up after that and then you see the colors kind of change in issue one to where things aren't as dark um and then let me do it and I felt like that was something that was a, a me thing. Like I wasn't giving no one, no one gave me directives. No one came at me with like, you have to do these things. I just wrote an issue that I was happy with and they were happy with it. So, was, you know, that's kind of been our thing since then. Well, speaking of the, the colors and, and the tone and everything, what's your relationship and the, the collaboration like between um, the art team? You know, we've seen, we've only, I guess we've only seen Carmine's work so far, but yeah. I think, Neil Gouge is coming up soon. Yeah, Neil does right. a couple issues, and then we have a couple other artists that are going to come on here or there. But really, you know, it's Carmine and Neil are probably doing some of the bigger issues, and, and Carmine is doing most of it, I feel like. People will be surprised how fast that guy is. This isn't a public thing. I don't know if people know this, but that guy, like, legit won 
was it the Guinness World Record for fastest comic artist in the world? <laughs> really? Yeah. That's a thing. Yeah he, yeah, he did. And here's the thing. I, I mean, go about Carmine. Carmine is is. I actually need to email him back. He asked me a question about something, and I forgot to email him back. Um, really smart, really energetic, really excited. You know, really happy, and he offers a lot of ideas up, and he comes up with stuff, and he reads the script, and we talk about it, and he has a lot of ideas on things and he will do stuff he also loves the flash and he's a big fan of uh carmine infantino so he will come up with ideas for things and i won't even notice it at first (laughs) like uh there's a thing in issue one or in the rebirth issue there's a lot of, like, he puts Easter eggs in there, and he puts little homages in there that I think some people pick up on and some people don't. Um, like, I'll be looking at a proof, and then I'll be like, oh, that's what he did. Like, I now I, it'll click as I'm, like, actually reading it as a, as a whole. Um, I'll realize what he did. He's awesome to work with. He has a lot of energy. He brings a lot of excitement to it. Ivan uh, was Riley Rosmo's colorist on his DC stuff, like on uh, Hellblazer. Mm-hmm. I really like his colors a lot. And so when we started talking about getting a colorist for Carmine, Ivan's name came up and I was like, I think he would do something different. Like, you know, this book's not going to look like every other DC comic. He's going to do something different with it. And so when those guys came on and they started working with each other, they get along really well and they just like gel together now. And they, uh, they're doing some stuff like the way the lightning looks in the book and the lightning connects the panels and, uh, that's just those two guys like like gelling. Um, about a month ago, not even a month ago. Yeah, I guess a month ago, maybe three weeks ago. Uh, we were wrapping up an issue, and Carmine emails us on a Friday, and he's like, "Oh, I will finish the issue by next Friday. Um, this weekend I have to be gone because I am going to Italy to uh, win, you know, the world's." Or Guinness World Records for fastest comic artist. <laughs> and I thought he was making a joke because he was talking about how he was going to finish the book by the next Friday. But then I read the email again. And I'm like, no, he's really doing it. That's what he's doing. And so I emailed the editors because they're on the same chain. And I'm like, is he joking or is he, is he really doing that? And they're like, oh, I think he's joking. And I was like, oh, I don't want to insult him, you know, because sometimes because either we he does speak English, but it's a little little broken so sometimes things are lost in translation um and so i was like i don't want to insult him if there's like confusion here so i was like whatever whatever leave it alone and the saturday morning i saw that he really was doing it <laughs> and he did it like he did he won so now he has the he has the record now so the guy drawing the flash is also the guinness world record holder for fastest comic oh, artist man that's that almost go, too perfect that's gotta go yeah, on the right? dress for the collection right yeah, I know. We need to. I'm not even sure if DC knows, or they think. I think they know, but they think I'm joking. And I'm like, no, listen, like, stop, listen to me. <laughs> but they've been really great, man. I don't know. I feel really lucky on this book. Between the two of them, all the artists I've worked with, everybody's really excited and feels like they're really into it. My editors are really happy. And, you know, there are times I pitch them things that I think are going to be crazy. And, you know, they. I can see on their faces they're enjoying it, you know, and then when we talk about it, and I'm just like, oh, cool. Like, uh oh it's been a really i I feel like in terms of work for hire stuff i really feel like this is probably the most fun i've ever had working on a book that's awesome it's because of those people because of carmen and ivan and you know my editors at dc and jeff like it's been 
I don't know, it's been really rewarding and really, uh, and I feel like I've become a better writer because of it. Um, yeah, I don't know, I'm really happy with it. Uh, so I kind of have two questions that are very unrelated, so I'll just, I'll pick one now and I'll come back to this one in a minute. Um, you talk a lot about Jeff Johns and Jeff's, um, involvement with the book and all that. I know there was a lot made, uh, among the internet comics community about Jeff's job shifting him more towards the film side of DC than the comics, but how much is Jeff involved with the overall, you know, issue to issue development of, of this and the other DC books? You know, I can't really talk too much about the other DC books. I know he is very hands-on and is very like, you know, has a watchful eye over everything, but he's not, again, he's not. Is that a watchman's eye you'd say? (laughs) Anyway, uh, (laughs) he will, uh, he's not dictating anything. Right. Like he's not getting his hands in it and telling you what to do. Like He wants everyone to tell their story. Uh, but he does want to, you know, kind of be involved and look at it and talk to you, you know, and it's been great because it's like, I don't know, sometimes it's like you're just like talking to your buddy about comics and then you get to make that comic. Right. Like is that, that that's how it kind of feels to me, at least. Um, even though the movie stuff is going on, like I said, like I just I just talked to Jeff last week about comics. I spent two days with him talking about comics and talking about these things. Um, he's probably just the busiest man. Like, I joke around about how I'm busy. That guy is, like, legit busy. He's <laughs> probably the most... He's probably the busiest man in comics. Um, really juggling, you know, a lot of things. But, I don't know, with this, with, with these things, like, he's just... He loves the DC Universe so much. And he cares so much about these characters. And I think he just... I don't know. He he's like a kid in a comic shop that just the same thing. Like he gets to sit there and just talk to you about comic book characters. Um, how hard is that job? <laughs> you know, like, uh, but he hasn't really been dictating anything to me. Like we just kind of talk about comics, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, and uh, but that guy is like a dude. It's, it's great. Jeff is a genius, man. That is the thing I've learned throughout this experience. That guy, you know, he doesn't just know DC comics. He understands story. And he understands, I think, comics in general as an industry, but he understands story, that it is fascinating talking with him and getting his thoughts on things and getting his sort of take on things. Um, you know, because you just go to him, you can tell him, like, I have an idea, this is what I'm thinking, what do you think, you know? And it's like, he comes back with things that you're just like, oh, man, I never even thought of that before. Or uh, he takes what you were talking about and just sort of puts a spin on it where you're like, oh, man, thank you. Like, you unlocked something in my head. And now I'm going to go and, and do that. Uh, I'm not sure how it is with other people on their books, but I haven't really heard any complaints from anybody. Um, I don't know. It's, it's fun. Like it's like I said, again, it's been a blast. And then um, my last flash question. Uh, well, I, I might have one more at the very end, but my, my, I think my last one for now. Uh, Zach and I were talking last week on this podcast about the look of the book. And we were saying how Carmenet's art is not what I think the average superhero comic reader is used to seeing. Uh, And I I think that especially if somebody maybe watched the flash on TV and then picks up a book, it doesn't look like what they think a flash comic is going to look like. 
for for me, for somebody who reads a lot of comics, I love how different it looks. I love how there's a there's an implied speed to the book. I I really really enjoy the artwork on it. Was there ever any fear that this book was going to be too? I don't know what they're looking for. Is was there ever a fear, a desire to make it perhaps a little bit more accessible to the average comic fan, or do you feel like this is the best way to tell this story, hands down? I think now it's the best way to tell the story. Uh, that's a yes and no answer. I or for for me, um, I had wanted to work with Carmen A for years. He was actually, and it's funny. I found a list recently when we first started talking about doing Birthright at Skybound. He was in the like top five artists we were talking about. Um, like he was on that list of people. I was like, I really like this guy's work. I really like to work with him. And I remember he did Ultimates with Fialkov, and like I, I really like him, you know. And I really wanted to work with him. So we had been talking about different artists for the Flash. So when his name came up, I was immediately like, Let's do that. Like, can we please do that? I want to do that. I never thought of him as not having a comic style. Like I was, I was on the page of just like, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Um, there was a moment on my part, once he started working where I was, and we, him and I've talked about this, where I am so used to doing things a certain way on now Byron birthright. Like I had to let go a little bit. I could be a little bit of a control freak. So I had to let go and let Carmen A just like do what he wanted to do. Not in a way where like, not when we were not working with each other, but like that guy, uh, it's like growing pains. It's, this is how it always happens. Whenever you get show to me work, that smile like, again. Yeah. Sorry. My wife and I were talking about growing pains the other day. She'd never seen it before. And I was what? telling her that so is like a bummer because they move out of the house together. Right. And the family's getting divorced and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you end the whole sitcom about a family with the family, like getting separated and moving out of the house? <laughs> is like the empty house it's just so depressing anyway um yeah so carmen and i at first it was a little bit of growing pains and i was a little of like oh man because i i really like his work a lot and there was a little bit of me that was being like not so much the style of but i was a little like i hope people do respond to this the way i respond to it um i was a little <laughs> i was a little worried at first and i remember um I think he turned in something. I can't remember what it was. And I just like talked to my editors about it. And then I was like, you know what? Like, I need to let go of that fear. I need to let go of it because it looks cool. Um, I think I went down there for a meeting. And uh, we just talked about it very briefly. And I was like a little worried. And then I just was like, I got to let this go. Like, I think this stuff looks cool. I hope everybody else hopes it looks cool too. And then we just kind of went with that. That was also before Ivan had officially come on and was coloring too. Once Ivan came on coloring it, like, I don't know, really just hit. And I know it looks, it's funny, I don't think it looks that different from superhero comics. I'm glad it looks unique, but I feel like it looks like a superhero book to me. But you're also a guy who who reads enough comics to know the variety there. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. I think it makes the book stand out. I just think it's, it's slightly riskier than having, I'm not going to name names, I'm being polite, but like there are certain yeah, guys. Yeah, I get it. You know. No there too yeah no no i understand i understand and i'm glad we didn't i'm glad we have this this book that looks different than what's come before and i think does stand out and you know i don't know there was this moment in my career i think after uh i'm not gonna say what book it is because i've I've been told i shouldn't say but (laughs) there was a book i worked on about four years ago 
um, that I felt was very middle ground for me. And it just kind of hit a point where I was like, you know what? I feel like I'm playing a little bit too safe. And I need to start just writing to make myself happy, not what other people expect of me. And do stuff that I, like, it's okay if people love it and it's okay if people hate it. Like, you can't have one without the other. I just don't want too much of uh, meh, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of, like, Ghosted and Nailbiter and Birthright came from. So with this, if someone came to me and said they, they hated the art or hated the book or hated the writing of it, um, I'm okay with that because I feel like there's a balance there, you know? Like, you get that, you get like, people that come in and say they love it. You know, you're just, you're, you're at least getting some kind of reaction from people. And I feel like that way with the Flashbook a lot, but I've been, I've been glad that, you know... Uh, people have been liking it, especially because I'm glad people are liking the art of it because I feel like those guys put a lot of work into it. Well, um, I know Brian may have a few more Flash questions, but kind of to begin wrapping up the Flash portion, really yeah. simple question. What is your favorite Flash story? Oh, Return of Barry Allen. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> yeah. All right, because dude, well, who said favorite? I mean, that book is really important to me. I love yeah. that book a lot, and I feel like uh, so much of my understanding of Barry Allen comes from that story arc, because that, that story is about what they all thought of Barry Allen. Like, it's definitely about Wally becoming the Flash, becoming the man, right, and him stepping out of Barry's shadows. But one of the things that Mark Wade needed to do was he needed to reestablish the shadow. Like, he needed to remind you of who Barry was and how important he was to everybody. And so when he goes dark, you know, he starts to show his true colors because he's not Barry Allen, he's Professor Zoom. But it made it mean something, you know? So a lot of what I thought about Barry uh, came from that that stuff. I, I I really liked that one a lot. I remember reading it as a kid and, there's that moment where Professor Zoom is like beating Barry or beating Wally up and the lightning strikes between them that separates them. And that's like the moment that gives Wally kind of the courage to take on. And he just like kicks a crap out of Professor Zoom. And there's that part where he uh, smacks him in the back of the head. He basically like, yeah, he just like backhands him. <laughs> he yells like, you're no Barry Allen. And I remember sitting on the ground in my bedroom reading that. And just like legit going like yeah, throw my hand in the air when I got to that page. So I feel like I have to put that as my favorite. Um, I actually got to go to. Uh, it was funny before, before I announced before DC announced I was working on the Flash. Mark Wade emailed me and was like, "Hey, can you come to Free Comic Book Day at my comic shop and we can hang out?" And I was like, "Yes," because I've never really been able to hang out with Mark Wade before. We've talked, but we've never been able to like legit hang out. And so I was like, yes, because in my mind, I knew if I get to keep this job, if I'm riding the flash, by then I'll be able to talk about it. Like It'll be announced. It'll probably be on its way to being out. I can actually talk to him about it. So at Free Comic Book Day this year, I just spent the whole time just talking to Mark Wade about the flash, <laughs> and talking to him about. Uh, Sounds like a pretty good day. It was awesome. I got to ask him all these questions. It's kind of like, you know, tell him a little bit about what I was doing and uh, not too deep, but, you know just talk about the flash and dc comics and just little stuff like that it was really uh things i want to do and talk about process and talk about writing with him it was great it was like probably the free comic day i ever had it was a great weekend it was so much fun yeah well well uh before we get out of here 
we should probably talk a little bit about your upcoming Vertigo book that was just announced. Um, yeah, Fro Frostbite. Yeah, with uh, with Jason Sean um, Alexander, he's drawing it. Um, he's doing these amazing uh, painted covers for every issue. It's six issues long, and uh, man, it's been I don't know. I uh, really happy writing this book. Like it's been. I know, again, I've been lucky lately. I feel like with everything I'm writing, I'm pretty happy with. Um, but yeah, it's about this world. It's not post-apocalyptic. It is like post-post-apocalyptic. <laughs> like a new ice age has come in and essentially, you know, changed the way the world works, right? And it's basically frozen over most of it. And it's years after humanity survived. Like, we didn't go... And just kind of, like, let humanity die out. They have figured out how to live in this world. And so it's slowly starting to rebuild. And there are cities that are fully functioning. And everyone is sort of um, figuring out how to live in this world. And it stars this woman. Her name is Keaton. And she is a transporter. She mostly transports objects across the ice. Um, she does not like transporting people for obvious reasons. Uh, but she gets this job and she can't say no to it. And she's trying to transport someone from Mexico to Alcatraz. And that's what it's about. I mean, there's a lot more going on in the story because I don't remember anything from the first issue. Uh, but I'm really excited about it. I think it's something different for me. I've never really done something that's like that kind of sci-fi before. Um, but I feel like it definitely falls in line with what I've done in the past. I remember when I first finished the, when I finished the first issue, I sent it to a friend of mine, another writer. And he was like, I feel like this is like ghosted in the snow, but without ghosts. Like, you just <laughs> like, like, you know, like a tone of it where it's a little bit dark and has a little bit of an edge and it's very biting. Um, came from that. Did you guys see that movie? Um, oh, I just got the name of the movie. Jumanji. Yeah, Jumanji. Jumanji always comes up in my career for some reason. I, and it's funny, like, I actually watched that recently. Because that was when I did Birthright. Everyone was like, oh, it's Jumanji. And I was like, no, it's not Jumanji. There's no. <laughs> um, no. Uh, the movie was The, the Trail in the Snow. It came out last year. Snowpiercer? Oh, Snowpiercer, yeah. Snowpiercer, yeah. I was working on the Uncharted comic at the beginning of 2011. Um, and there's an issue. This is kind of how Frostbite started in my head. I was talking to Ben Abernathy at the time. Now he works in talent at DC, but at the time he was an editor. And we were working on the Uncharted comic, and we have this one issue where it all takes place in the snow. And I was like, man, like this issue looks really cool. I would love to do a comic that takes place all in the snow. Um... And so since then, I've, like, snuck stuff with snow in. Like, the whole last couple issues of Ghosts that take place in the snow. Um, a lot of Nailbiter issue 26 takes place in the snow. That doesn't even come out until the end of the year, but the cover for it is awesome. I'm looking forward to showing people the cover to Nailbiter 26. But I've always wanted to do a book in the snow, but I could never figure out what I wanted to do and how to crack it. And then eventually I started figuring out. I started figuring Frostbite out. And then it just kept evolving and evolving and evolving. And I remember I had an idea for it last year. I had really, like, kind of figured out what I wanted to do. And then threw that all in the trash and came up with a better idea. Like, <laughs> And that is what we're, we're getting uh, with Frostbite. Um, but, yeah, it's very much a sort of darker 
uh, sci-fi story that takes place in the snow, just in this harsh ice landscape. Is it... um... Is writing a miniseries in such an expansive world challenging because there's just so many fun diversions you want to take? Sometimes. It's funny because it's going to be sort of a mini that is kind of open, right? Like I'm building this giant world and then telling one story in it, right? Uh, I remember I was at a, a, a writing thing one time and Rucka said... The bigger the world, the smaller the story. And I like that. Yeah. And I have been sort of thinking about that over the years. And so when I was working on when I was working on Frostbite, that definitely was in my head. That like I'm building a world, it's this huge world, and that world can go on, and that world can go on past these six issues if I wanted to. But I'm gonna tell this one little story in those six issues, right? Like Frostbite's not about, oh, this world became frozen and all this stuff. Like I'm not telling that story. Like, I'm telling a story that happens to take place in that world. It's just a lot of world building, and then just me, you know, telling my little my little story with these characters in that world. And uh, is, there, uh, is there any upcoming Josh Williamson books we can tease? Uh, not yet. No? I, think we're, I think I'm announcing something else in, like, a month. Oh, okay. I'm not 100% sure on that. I would say a month, probably. Okay. Uh we're going to be announcing something. But for me, for the most part, my, my priorities are, you know, because I still have the creator own books too. So I still have Nailbiter and I still have Birthright. Like, those are still coming out. So it's like Nailbiter and Birthright, working on Frostbite, and then working on um, The Flash. But I mean, you guys know, like, I'm always doing too much. Like, <laughs> there's always like a million things on the back burner that are planned out. And like I said, I've worked so far ahead that it's like there are things I'm working on right now that probably won't even come out until like 2018. Uh, man it's crazy like my wife and i went to hawaii at the beginning of 2015 and we were there we were engaged then we made a a five-year plan and going back to dc was on year five that was actually (laughs) one of the things where i was like yes maybe i'll go back to dc at year five like let me spend five years not doing anything else let me do create around almost everything that was on the everything was on the five-year plan we didn't in a year and a half. So it was. Uh, Are you looking for some more stuff to do? I can give you some stuff on my five-year plan if you want to. Uh... Now, well, now we own the house and we have the baby, so our five-year plan is like totally changed. Yeah. Like, you know, all this stuff we want to do, but there's all kinds of books I want to do and things like that. But really, I'm gonna try and make sure the Flash and having the Flash be a double ship. It's like a full. That alone is like a full-time job. Yeah. So crazy. You have no idea what it's like having to send a book to the printer every two weeks. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, man! It's and like. It's uh, it is a whole new kind of challenge because, like, you know, Nailbiter goes once a month, like Birthright goes once a month, and it's like it feels different. And then now the Flash is every two weeks, and like now, now we're going, and we got to just keep going. And thankfully, we're far ahead; we'll, we'll be able to do what we got to do. And things have been really good, but oof, man, it's intimidating sometimes. I'm going to have you give out all your social media info and all that, and then I have a, I have a question to leave us with. But where yeah. can folks find you on the internet if they want to harass you about uh, comics or, you or know... Or what? Or Max Mercury. Or Max Mercury, yeah. <laughs> or, uh, you know, whether Voodoo Donuts are worth the hype or other Portland questions. 
if someone wants to know about Voodoo Donuts, my recommendation is there are other places in Portland that have good donuts. Or do not go to Voodoo Donuts downtown. You need to go to the east side. And because there is parking and there is no line. I can co-sign that. I've been to both of those and I agree with that suggestion. Yeah, do not go to the one downtown. That's just I went to that once and was like, this is a waste of time. And I lived in the east side. So I was like, why would anybody do that? Now I live in the west side and I'm like... I'm not. I'm just gonna go to the donut place over here. I'm not gonna drive all the way over there. About uh, five years ago, my wife and I were in Portland, and we went to uh, Voodoo Donuts like one night, and they ran out of donuts when we were in line downtown. Uh, oh god, yeah, downtown sucks. Man. Yeah, it's not fun. So anyway, right? I'm sorry. Where can people find you uh, on the internet? So yeah, uh, Williamson underscore Josh on Twitter. You can also go to the JoshWilliamson.com. Those are the best two places to get hold of me if you want to harass me. Mostly Twitter. If I have, if I'm, if I'm paying attention, like writing so many comics sometimes, like the internet, you just completely blank out. (laughs) I'm just trying to write comics, man. Just trying to sit here and, and, uh, and write all these, all these books, you know, like, so, yeah. All right. And then the the question we're going to leave you with three different people on Twitter have asked me to ask you this question and this might fall into, you can't say too much category. So I'm, I'm prefacing this with that. Will we see Bart Allen in your run? Um, I'm not sure. Again, yeah, I can't even answer this question. I am trying. Okay, that's a, that's a fair answer. I know I keep saying that, but it's like, listen, I love Impulse. Like we talked about this before. I love Impulse. I love Ward Allen. Um, I love the Flash family, and I feel like if I'm going to do a big Flash family story, I have to have Bart Allen there. Um, so we'll see what the future holds, you know? Hopefully people buy the book and like the book so that I can then have the ability to do these things is sort of the, my answer to that question. <laughs> Let me have the power to do that. Cause you know, you look at Snyder and I think it's Snyder, like people loved Snyder's run so much. Um, and it sold so well that that guy literally was like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to kill Batman and I'm going to make commissioner Gordon Batman but he's going to get really buff and he's going to wear an iron suit, like this <laughs> giant metal suit. Um, I know that sounds crazy, but can I do it? And they were just like, Scott, we love you. Do whatever you want. If we can get me to that point, <laughs> I will promise you I will get impulse back. Well, we are doing all we can to get you to that point. We are, we're big fans. Thanks for spending the time with us tonight. And listeners, we'll be back next week. Have a good one. Bye.